0: Welcome to The Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association provides creative opportunities for all ages. Get creative with us at the Mesquite Fine Arts Center, 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com or on Facebook, The Art Box.
1: Steve, this was great. I just had my first pole dancing lesson with Samantha Ivey, and I learned exactly how difficult this is. Yes, she did,
2: and you rocked it. You You did a great job.
1: You have to be quite an athlete, which I was not, but oh my gosh, it's amazing. And now we're interviewing interviewing Nikki Wainsgard, Mm -hmm. AKA Billy the King. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Yes, thank
3: you. It's an honor to be here. We're so Chat glad you're here. You. Tell yes. us
1: a little bit about how you got to be Billy the King and, and yes. your childhood. Yes. How all this came
3: about. Yes. Um, so a lot of people have asked me, um, why Billy? You know, now that you're a drag artist, why Billy? And it honestly, I think it's a combination of Billy Jean King and Billy Idol. I
1: knew it.
0: I like, uh, yes,
3: not Billie Eilish. Some people think, uh, no, I, I, I love Billie Eilish, but um, I remember in my 20s meeting a drag king and I was joking with him. Maybe I was early, maybe 31ish, 32ish, and I met some drag artists and I said, when I become a drag king, if I ever do, my name's gonna be Billy. So I had made my mind up way back then that if I ever did get into drag art, it would be Billy. Cause I grew up a tennis player and I loved Billie Jean King. And I fell in love with Billy Idol's music as well. And honestly, the reason I liked Billy Idol so much, learning about my identity, masculine presenting from a young age, but called a tomboy. And it was okay to be a tomboy, right? Mm -hmm. When you're young and then when you get older, I kind of, you know, was I'm much more comfortable dressing like a boy. But yet I'll dress like a girl if I have to, because I'm supposed to as a teacher became a um got my degree and became a school teacher oh wow but but i was a coach so i always was masculine presenting sometimes as a coach mm-hmm. and i get called he a lot from a very young age i've always been are you a boy or a girl and so i think i if i would would have been a boy i would have wanted to be a rock star like billy Idol. so but i never could be that person and flirt with the women because that's not okay in small town Utah, right? Oh, I grew up I grew up in a small town in Utah, and I grew up Mormon. Oh, okay. And wow. so it seems like my whole life, I've been uh, tomboy slash masculine presenting, but yet trying to fit in how society wanted me to fit in mm-hmm. as a female. Mm-hmm. And so, being Billy the King has been kind of good for me, because then I can honestly just be myself. That's a tiny bit about my name. Billy the King is, is this, came from Billy Jean King, Billy Idol.
1: You said that you were a teacher. Yes. What yes. did you
3: teach? Yes. So, um, so I played college athletics, and I got my degree in physical education. So naturally, I was either going to be a coach, or a trainer, or a PE teacher mm-hmm. and I um, had a friend who worked at an at-risk youth home and they got me a job there so I started working there when I was finishing up my undergrad in 1996 and I fell in love with these troubled youth but I honestly thought they were just confident youth that had really rough home lives and rough histories I mean you I was working with Teenagers who had wealthy parents, and also teenagers who had nothing, and were, grew up living with, um, you know, foster families. So you just never knew what these what these kids' experiences were. And I just I fell in love with working with them. So that um, headed me towards a path of getting a special education degree. And while I was getting my special education degree, I found a job teaching at um, teaching special education in a public school. And my parents are both teachers, and they said, "Are you sure you want to do this? You don't make much as much as a teacher." Mm-hmm. I Said, "No, I I've tried. You know, um, I was a coach. I was even a tennis instructor because I grew up playing tennis." I said, "No, I really like I really like working in the schools." Well, it was really hard on us. Are you sure you want to do this? I said, "Well, if I don't like it, I'll change. Mm-hmm. Just, just want to give it a go." And so I. So yeah, I was a public school special ed teacher for years, and then um, you probably remember the days of No Child Left Behind. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Remember those days? I was a teacher as well. Oh my gosh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And all of the sudden, I was told I'm not qualified. A highly qualified mandate came out, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was a special ed teacher teaching reading, writing, math, and social skills, and... And all of a sudden, um, I needed to prove that I was highly qualified. So I needed to go back and get a reading endorsement. I needed to go back and get a math endorsement. And all my colleagues were like, this is ridiculous. No one needs to tell, I'm a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Why do I have to get extra to prove that I'm highly qualified? And it just kind of became, those were some crazy years, weren't they? They were. They were some crazy years when suddenly teachers were being tested and told, if your students don't Mm -hmm. succeed, we're going to, your Schools, you're, you're gonna be in trouble if, you're, they, if your students don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: they expected the kids with special challenges, yeah. to achieve
3: the same, which is as not, the, the norm, which is which not crazy, possible. But, when you're behind, you're always mm-hmm. gonna be behind. You cannot, you cannot, that gap's always gonna mm-hmm. be there. And so, we always joke that on the national reading panel, there weren't any educators when, when they came up with a lot of these I, No Child Left Behind. There were not any. Um, educators, and then when the National Reading Panel did their research, they they're like, "Look, what you're wanting these teachers to do is not possible." Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so while that was going on, I decided to go get my PhD. I decided to get a doctorate. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Instead of being angry and mad at policy, I might as well just go and you know continue my education, and then I can maybe come back and you know you need you kind of need you need to have research under your wing to be able or for people to listen to you, I thought I needed to have a doctorate. So did you stay in teaching after that? I did. I stayed in higher ed. So I never did go back to the public schools. Mm -hmm. Um, I did get my Colorado teaching license when I was getting my, in graduate school. I thought, well, you know what, I'll go ahead and get a license out here just in case I end up teaching out here. Mm -hmm. Who knows what'll happen once I'm finished. But I, um, once I was getting close to getting done, I found, I found some job, I mean, there's a shortage of teachers, as you know, mm-hmm. and there's a shortage of teachers in special education in higher ed as well. You know, we, we actually have a position open at SUU where I work and we're having a hard time finding special education teachers out there that wanna teach in higher ed. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, some sub professions like English teachers, like, oh, mm-hmm. you mean there's that many jobs out there that, yeah, I, I could go anywhere I want, but I like, I like where I'm at.
1: And and cool. Where are you at again? SUU, Southern
3: Utah University. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, there. I was hired in 2006. So, I've been around, I've been around You've been yeah, here that as... long? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You're
2: a native of i
3: I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a native Southern Utah, slash, yeah. So, I live here and in Cedar City part time.
2: Do you teach in Cedar City?
3: I do. I teach in Cedar City. Okay. Yep not Utah Tech, they actually have a position open. I looked at it, but I have to take a big pay cut. <laughs> oh. That's one thing in, in education. Mm-hmm. You work up the pay scale, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if you move, you start over sometimes, right? Sometimes you start over, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've, um, I've worked my way up there. And the big thing is rank advancement in higher ed. When I became tenure, I came out to all my faculty. So they you know people talked, and people maybe questioned if I was gay or not, so when I got tenure, I announced
2: so oh, but you waited until I then.
3: waited until I was tenure mm-hmm. I just you know, i just, i wasn't a I'm not a big risk taker, yeah, even though you see what I do on the poll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <was> gonna say. <laughs> but i uh, you know i am a whole other person when I get on stage but so I got i got tenure I finally came out to my faculty. you really find out who your real friends are, right. <laughs> Um, when you open up like that, then i uh, um, then when I got my full professorship um, you know right literally it was a year and a half ago when I turned fifty, I became full professor, and that's a big deal because I never have to be um, put on you know judged again mm-hmm. by my peers. Mm-hmm. And that's really when Billy the King decided decided to go public.
1: I was just going to ask yeah.
3: when you did that. Yeah, okay. It was like, okay. Now there's, and, and you know, a lot of people say, I think you would have been fine. You should have, I wish you would have, you know, started your drag career sooner. And, um, you know, deep, so yeah.
1: What was it like your first time on stage? Oh, we was, saw you yeah. at the uh-huh. event, um, what was the ball, Steve? The prom. The prom. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And you were fantastic. hmm And you had so much skill and strength. But what was it
3: like the first time? Um, when I, to be honest, um, the first time I did drag, I had to have a few drinks to did get the courage. <laughs> but I wasn't on a, I wasn't on a pole uh-huh. in my first performance. So, my first debut performance, I was so scared, I was so nervous. And, and then I did it and I thought, whoa, this is that was fun. I want to do this again. And I want to create a better story. I want to memorize the lyrics better. Mm-hmm. I want to enunciate more with my with my uh, lip syncing because I honestly just it was one of those, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I, I prepared in 24 hours, just pulled things out of my closet, yeah. threw together an outfit, and just got on stage after yeah. a few drinks.
1: <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way,
3: didn't, don't think about it Yeah, have, yeah. and so, um, and a lot of people thought, oh, well, now that you've done that, you know, uh, and so.
2: Yeah, now you hadn't pole danced
3: at No, I just did a, I just. Oh? Yeah, it was. I did a Billy Idol song. and um,
2: Oh,
1: that's great. I love
3: it. <laughs> yeah, I did a Billy Idol song, you know. Uh, dancing with myself? No, it was... Mm-mm. No. I want to do that one someday. <laughs> I will do that one some, someday. And, uh, and I didn't know all the lyrics. I was just dancing around with the audience, just having a good old time. And it was a, a kid-friendly one, so my kids were there. And, yeah, that's when it all started. And then I started thinking about my next show. Actually, Aiden Barrick, who lives here now, they were the one put, putting on a show, so I reached out to them and said, "Hey, I'm, you know, I've performed. Here's some pictures of me. Um, I really love drag. I want to perform again. Can I perform at your show?" And they said, "Sure." <laughs> this was, yeah, sh- shortly after, and um, and everybody said, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And I was like, "Well, I want to add some props. I want to, I want to be unique. I want to be different, because as a drag king." Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, hills and, and dancing, depending on the king. Mm -hmm. A lot of kings just kind of, yeah, they don't have a reputation of dancing a lot. So I thought, well, how can I dance? How can I really be different? And so I actually brought a homemade chin-up bar. Yeah, I know. So my second performance wasn't a pole. Mm -hmm. It was this homemade chin-up bar. Yeah, but it's moving in that direction. Exactly. (laughs) So people called it the jungle gym. So I showed up with this box-looking thing and I had it laid down on stage and I start my song and I do my thing and all of a sudden I prop it up and all of a sudden I flip myself in the air and I get on top and I start singing to the audience. (laughs) And they just went crazy, you know? fantastic. And it's because I was strong Mm -hmm. enough to lift myself up. And so everyone called it, you know, Billy's Jungle Gym. Okay. And so, so then I got asked to perform again. And I said, well, do you want me to bring my props? Or you want, what do you look at, you know, what do you want? Mm Because I did a number with my Jungle Gym, but I also did a number without. I did a man-skin number. Man-a-skin, that's a fun song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did one with a prop, one without a prop. They said, we want a jungle gym. So I'm like, all right, what if it's a pole? Like, okay. Uh, so then so then the next time I performed, I brought in the pole and I had it on spin and I did some pretty amazing things. And, and then what do you think people wanted? How much
2: did had you practiced?
3: Uh, I was fairly new, um, when I, my first performance. I mean, you
2: didn't put up the pole immediately, go do I? I mean, you probably
3: could. Well, I, I started taking but lessons. But you took a lesson. Yeah, I, when I had created my jungle gym, um, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, maybe if I get good enough, maybe I could bring a pole on stage. So I had started taking pole lessons around that, around the same time. Yeah. And so I did my first number with a pole and I was still fairly new at pole. I did one big move, but the other moves were, I did a chair spin, I, I mean, I did a leg sit, a lay back where you just spin around. So I tried to do simple things. There wasn't a ton of pole in my first number, but of course, when I got on the pole, people just loved it and it was crazy. Not, not bad. Yeah. bad. Sure. So, yeah, so that's kind of the traje- tra- trajectory. I. And then once I started adding my props, you cannot drink
1: <laughs> no <laughs>
3: you cannot drink because when you're lifting yourself in the air and if you're going to be if your head's you know the first thing that's going to hit the ground so that i can honestly say i haven't performed with it, with any alcohol in my system ever since so i joke that my first time performing i was very, i was <laughs> i had to get the you know liquid courage and then from then on out i've been performing without any any liquid courage so
1: I was going to ask about the training for this, but you've been an athlete all yes. your life, right? Yes. And I think Steve has a question about, about that. that yeah.
2: Actually, it was about training. Yeah. What yeah. you're training, do you, you yeah. consistently train? Yeah. I, I look on your Facebook page, so I know you are. Yeah.
3: But... Yeah. You can see I post some of the stuff at the gym I go to. Yeah. So it's been an incredible year. Samantha talked about extravaganza. Mm-hmm. I applied and got in, I got to perform on that stage. I applied and I got to perform at Polecon International and then last September I went up to Weber State University and I was the 155th athlete inducted into their Hall of Fame. Oh, congratulations. So I think about this year I've had, Mm -hmm. I've been on some of the biggest stages of the world in my mind in Mm -hmm. the pole world and drag world And, and then I also got to celebrate you know some of my athletic accomplishments when I was a college athlete. So I played tennis and basketball. Oh, did
2: you play basketball yep. too?
3: Yep. And I think that's why they inducted me is they didn't have very many athletes that did both at a Division One level. And I was a conference champion and I led the basketball team in scoring. I was a three point shooter. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you can probably by me just saying that, I am I'm pretty I'm when I get my mind set on something, I just okay I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. So once I decided all right, I want to learn how to be a good pole dancer. And I need to, if I'm going to incorporate it into my drag, I need to, I need to you know, train, right? Mm-hmm. So I pretty much take four or five pole, I've trained four or five times a week on the pole, and I'm in the gym three or four times a week lifting weights and doing cardio stuff because you have to have stamina, mm-hmm. right, to stay mm-hmm. up there and I've started doing yoga so I'm working on my flexibility and I actually need to do more yoga if I were to think about my training routine right now I need to I need to stretch every day at night and I, I try and fit in a little bit but you know you get tired right yeah. yes about how long do you um, work on the pole when you're some days I'm uh, two hours. Really? Yeah, so I'm some impressed. days I'll, I'll work out in the gym in the morning at uh-huh. eight or nine. Then I'll work, I'll go and teach my classes. And then um, all my pole classes are at night. And so, and I have kids too, so I try and pick and choose what nights I'm doing pole because I want to be home for them. Sure. And um, I have online classes, so that way I only duck out for. Monday and Thursdays, it's just an hour, but Tuesdays, I'm two hours. I come down to St. George, to this, and um, spend the night here. And I'm with Sam for two hours on Tuesday nights. Wow. And Wednesday nights, I have another lesson from Sam. And on Fridays, um, I have another, uh, Miranda Kirk. She's another pole instructor in town that I work with. And I'm actually working with Miranda right now, and I'm bringing my daughter. So, oh. oh, I
2: saw the picture. She's oh. 10.
3: Yeah, maybe I'll you know, show you. she's
2: them. 10 and you two look about the same
3: size. Her <laughs> wow. legs are so, so we're creating a piece together. Mm-hmm. So the neat thing is um, I'm training with her every Friday and I try and get her on the pole when I can to practice some of the moves we're going to do together. That's wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, if I were to add up all those hours, right, between yoga, between weight training, between pole classes and yeah it's gosh how many is that yeah two three hours a day what's
2: your biggest challenge
3: Um, my biggest challenge
2: I mean is there a particular move or
3: flexibility flexibility yep there's uh, some things I want to do that take mobility and my I don't quite have my splits and I can't my shoulders um, I think it's because of my sports and my weight training I can't get my shoulder behind me as far as I need to, to do some moves that I want to do. And uh, I was working on a move. It's called a brass monkey somersault, where I have to cast up. Um, I need a back bend to do that, and some. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a lot of core strength. I can go uh-huh. up really well, uh-huh. but I can't. I'm work, going back. You need you need core strength, but you also need some back bend too. So yeah, there's some things I want to do that I I need to
2: uh, do, do you think um weight training um hurts your flexibility? Yes. It, you know, it. I've always wondered, I don't mean to stray off here, but I've always wondered about
3: yeah. Tiger T- Tiger. Woods. I, I've always yeah. wondered
2: about Tiger Woods. He was so much into weights, and then he seemed to kind of tail off a little bit, and I wonder if it had hurt his flexibility that he had when he was younger oh. and was just unbeatable.
3: No, it's true. If, if every hour I spend in the gym, I should be spending uh, stretching after. And there's a Jamila, she actually invented some tricks. She's in her 50s and she, she teaches um, pole classes in Las Vegas. I got to take a workshop from her once. She actually competes at CrossFit, but she says, I have to stretch. If I do a 20 minute wad, I have to make sure I stretch for double that time when okay. I'm done because you just, you know, you you tighten your muscles and they, yeah.
2: So, I've seen fire in your... Uh, oh,
3: yes, extravaganza. So, so tell me
2: about fire.
3: Yes, so my wife, the funny thing is she performed in her 20s. She um, moved to San Francisco and was working at, I think, oh, anyway, she was working at Whole Foods and she decided to they had a circus school so she decided to attend it and she said trapeze was too hard but fire was easy. Oh really? She she learned how to spin and eat fire in her 20s and she uh, joined a a group of performers in California so she was performing with these performers at raves in her 20s and um, but then she moved on in life and I met her later in life when she was started her career um, and her fire days were over, but she she had pictures and she would share them with me. So then when I decided to start performing as a drag artist, I always said, well, wouldn't it be fun if we did a number and you spun fire? And uh, she says, yeah. So we, we did it. Wow. We created a number together. <laughs> so we were a couple duo. and. And extravaganza is where we performed it, and we can't find a venue in Utah that'll let us have fire. Nevada let us have fire. Yeah, we well, did. That, that's where oh. I
2: saw you at fire there. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. am how scared.
3: Yeah, that was Jenna. Yep, unholy, and um, we came back, and people were talking about that number, and there was actually a drag show, and it was at a yoga studio that's run by a bunch of Polynesian artists we thought for sure they'd let us have fire they didn't yeah because don't they really? do a lot of yeah.
2: fire yeah. breathing
3: yeah yeah, they wouldn't let us yeah so
2: I did a photo shoot one time with a fire breather
3: yeah and I was like oh
2: this person is nuts yeah by the end he was drinking too
3: yeah oh yeah gosh yeah and Jenna um, she taught me how to like I, I could if I had to put out the flame but it tastes nasty yeah I'd much rather do hard tricks on the pole than eat fire. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, do you perform in St. George at all?
3: Yeah. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of negative rhetoric about drag in St. George, and a council member has caused a lot of issues. In fact, um, Mitsky, who puts on a lot of the drag shows, was getting a permit for a show, and um, they denied her a permit. And literally in that same Meeting where they were, they protested and said, "Well, look, you gave other people permits, and you just, Mm -hmm. you know, you if you're gonna not give me one, then don't give them one either." Mm -hmm. Just kind of asking them to be consistent with their decisions on who can have a permit and who can't. Sure. So the ACLU got involved. Oh. And they sued St. George. Guess who won? They they discriminated, and so that this happened all within the past three months. Mm -hmm. And so now, what happened? And so I mentioned that studio where we had a drag show, they won't let us come perform there anymore because they've been threatened by the public. Really? If you hold a drag show there, we will stop coming. Mm -hmm. So family members were saying, yeah, why are you letting these drag artists perform? And you know, the whole talk about uh, drag artists are pedophiles and we're grooming children and so... So, yeah, unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of shows in St. George. Yeah, we used to have one, it seemed like, once a month. And now it's once every four months there's a drag show in St. George. I, I missed the there. last one because I was actually up north at the Hall of Fame event. And it was a big one. It was called Dragalicious. It was a good reason to miss it. Yeah. But apparently, the MC, I know the MCs, and um, they did a little shout-out from Billy the King. They said, Billy the King... Uh, that right at the exact same time the drag show was going on I was on the football field and so it was it was kind of I was there in spirit and I was up there but I think I can't even tell you when our next drag show is in St. George we don't have one on the calendar unfortunately mm-hmm. that's too bad yeah hopefully we have one on Valentine's Day usually we have one around Valentine's Day so I really hope we have one then Do you see that pole dancing contributes to body positivity yes. and self-confidence? Yes. So I, I mentioned when I became full professor, decided to make my drag journey public. I went to a friend of mine that works for HR and I said, all right, I want to really be a mentor, not only in the classroom, but I want to be, be a mentor of just how you can stay fit at any age. hmm and being also turning 50 and being in my 50s, I thought there's so many reasons why I want to make my pole journey public. For one, there's not very many drag kings, right? So I wanna be a Southern Utah drag king. We only have two in Southern Utah right now, two of us. So I, want, I wanna promote that, get more drag artists, more people interested in drag. I wanna help the stigma. I don't want people to think stripper pole. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, sorry, we, but you can't bring your stripper pole. I'm like, it's, it's not a stripper pole. What do you mean it's not? I'm like and so then I try and explain what pole art is for me. And so and I also want, you know, people to see me and think, "Oh, well if, if they can do that, then maybe I could do it." Right? It may inspire right, you. Inspire me to lesson to do it. Absolutely. And so I I don't really talk much about my age. Mm-hmm. I don't but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hide it. So, and but what was your question? Oh, pod, body positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just, I think, a friend of mine said this, who's a coach, a CrossFit coach. We go through life either being sick or well. And I feel like I'm on a wellness. I, I, I'm, I feel so well because of my pole dancing. Mm-hmm. And if I were to, even if I take a two weeks off, I start to feel... Stiff and I start to feel not necessarily sick sick, but yeah i i feel feel healthy, and when you feel healthy, you feel better about yourself mm-hmm. right but if your if your body doesn 't feel if you feel stiff then you 're not going to feel as positive about yourself, so yes, for me, yeah, definitely
1: well, speaking about healthy it 's a full body workout, mm-hmm. especially it really worked my abs mm-hmm and my arm and legs, mm-hmm. too. I had to have
3: the strength for that. Mm-hmm. So and A lot of coordination, too. There's a lot of things going on at the same time. That's what I had trouble with. Yeah, I could do
1: yeah the things with the right side of my body and then mm-hmm. she was like, okay, now let's try your left leg first. And I was like, Left leg, do I have a left leg? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a left leg, <laughs> you know, well, you where is a, you it? You <laughs> have an
2: outside leg and an inside leg. Yeah. That's yeah. attention.
1: That's right, outside and inside, not left and right. But uh, still, when my left leg was the inside leg, I had terrible problems. There's so much coordination.
3: And the, the thing that I've seen in pole dancing mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in, in my athletics as much, um, I was a cyclist and we all looked skinny and frail. But in pole dancing, there's every shape and size. In fact, there are some women who are double my weight, who can do harder things than me and go higher on the pole. And they have the thighs to grip the pole, and they can stay up there forever and could probably squat 300 pounds. And I can barely squat training 125. So the neat thing about pole dancing is there's so much, any level, any size, and yeah, I mean... There doesn't seem to be this certain physique mm-hmm. that it's expected in that. Well, I guess like cycling, you know, you. I never saw any plus size cyclists succeeding and having fun and competing, but I see all sizes in pole dancing, and things that. So yeah, I really like the image. The there's no expectations. Whatever you bring to the to the pole is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yes. and age too. Uh, there's a Polcon, they had um, they had a showcase with their 70. There were women who were in their 70s and 80s that came on stage and just rocked it. Really, and we were really? all screaming and shouting wow. and just dance. They were beautiful dancers. How
2: inspirational!
3: Yeah, yes. and so so yeah, I really think the pole community has helped me see that yeah I can continue to to be active and yeah, there's no end there's no end in pole dancing and other, everything else I've done it seems like there's always an expectation well you better you know you better retire mm-hmm. or, or when are you gonna retire you know you're you're turning 40 I why are you still yeah they just expect you to stop but not in pole dancing they expect you to there's so much support to just keep going that's great any age any level any size
1: I think that Billy the King is inspiring <laughs> to others to be honest with themselves mm-hmm. and and with those around them mm-hmm. about their their lives right mm-hmm. yeah so. yeah
3: yeah I think uh, I put a hashtag and whenever I post stuff I don't always put it but I put Visibility saves lies. Yeah, you know, of course, I put drag is not a cr- drag is not a crime a lot too, mm-hmm. but I think there's so many things. My performance alone, there's going to be a theme. There's going to be a story. There's mm-hmm. going to be a reason why I did that song. When I pick songs, I have to love it because I practice to it. I, you know, I have trained to it. I rehearsed to it. I, I better like the song, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it better have some meaning to me. Mm-hmm. So then I want I want that meaning. I want to connect to my audience. But there's all those other things going on too that I don't always think about. That maybe the athleticism is inspiring, the fitness side is mm-hmm. inspiring, mm-hmm. the androgynous look that I have going on could also be inspiring to let people look. You know, you can, you don't have to present yourself the way people tell you you should present yourself, present yourself the way you want to present yourself. Right. and it doesn't necessarily have to be masculine or feminine. Sometimes when I come out in a garter, you can tell people, like, whoa, well, what gender are they? Exactly. doesn't matter, right? doesn't
2: matter.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And so there's just so many things that that I can do when I get on stage that that motivates me to just keep doing it, right? (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. And I've noticed my pieces lately have been... um, Kind of therapy, and if they're therapy for me, they can be therapy for others. Like I don't. It sounds like you didn't see our up performance that Sam and I did, but I've been getting a lot of people that I that saw it. Like, hey, just want you to know, I think about that number every once in a while, because it hit me. I'm like, oh, well, tell me oh, how. Wow. Tell me why. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, just just the way you combined, you know, the lyrics and the story. My whole goal was that people are inspired to love again, period. And for me, I've had to learn to love again because a lot of my family members have treated me like shit when I came out, right? I had to learn to love them again. Even my work, my employers, they said some things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what you just said, that's me. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Nikki. I wasn't talking about you. I'm like, but what you said is me mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've had to forgive and love them again even mm-hmm. though they pissed me off and I could have easily just said you know I'm never going to talk to you again but I don't want to go to work and avoid people and so I really had to over and over and over in my life learn to love again so that was my whole goal with that number is it's it uh, was the song madness in the way the song was it was a, it's just a beautiful song, and it just talks about being mad, but also at the end, I I need to feel love. And So mm-hmm. <laughs> the way I did it on stage, I apparently apparently it came across really well, and people said thank you. I needed that. <laughs> so that's that's what we want to do as artists, right? Exactly. Give somebody hope, because you know how it is. You see, you hear, you hear songs. You you see art, visual art. You see performance art. Sometimes it connects to you, sometimes it doesn't. And I know I'm not going to connect with everybody that watches me, but if I connect to a few... But
2: sometimes, with any art, mm-hmm. you, it may not connect with you initially. Yeah. But it's still there, mm-hmm. and then you think about it more, and then you do connect with it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: You do say, oh, that was really good.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because you know, I can go look at a piece of art on, on Yeah. It's not beautiful. But right. all art's not meant to be beautiful,
3: right? Right. So
2: it's 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 meant to make you think.
3: Yeah.
2: So the people that were not nice to you. Yeah. And you love them. Yeah. Did Did they love you back?
3: That's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, my motto has been kill everybody with kindness. <laughs> Even though. Kind of works. Yeah.
2: In your. Yeah. For yourself.
3: For my own self, yeah, because I get real, uh, you know, it's emotionally draining to be mean to, you know, to, it's actually hard to avoid people and it's hard, it's hard to (laughs) remember that, oh, I'm not supposed to be nice to them. <laughs> so I'd rather yeah. just be nice to everybody. And some of my friends are like, what? You're, you're talking to them? Even after they blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I'd rather have good energy around me. And, and even if they talk bad about me behind my back, I'd rather be the role model of <laughs> being the kind one.
2: Well, and that's so, the, the Markham <laughs> quote that they drew a circle to keep me out. Yeah. Uh, I drew a circle to, to bring them in.
3: Exactly. I so, love that. Oh, yeah. I got to write that one down. But yeah, and and for me, growing up m- growing up Mormon, I've had to learn to love the Mormon Church again because I went through a phase where I was so angry, so angry. But now I just think of me as a even even my good Mormon friends. I say, well, someday they'll allow gay marriage. They kind of look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, and one of them one of them was a good friend of mine who is a biracial bir- she's a biracial couple. Mm-hmm. she um, Her husband, when I was on a Mormon mission to Spain, found her and they, you know, they fell in love. And Mm -hmm. like, well, like your marriage, you you, you weren't allowed to, you know, the church had to change their rules Mm -hmm. or even like the priesthood. It's like someday they'll let women have the priesthood. People just look at me like I'm crazy. So I just always put hope in my conversation. Well, you're still Mormon. Yeah. Well, because someday they'll let me in.
2: So you got you got a lot of love in your
3: heart. <laughs> and you so, but you know, I've had to because I was I hid for so long that now that I am just myself and I see people's reaction to me, which can sometimes be good, sometimes be bad. I have to have the attitude that I can change people. If I don't, life would to be too depressing. Yeah. So then maybe that's that. Maybe I think that even fuels my fire to my art and my and to stay fit and to stay as strong as possible.
1: You explained your artistic
3: goals and your creative process so well. Yeah, Wonderful. well it's um, it's scary for me to get on mm-hmm. stage because I am really shy but when I know there's a really good purpose I just once that music starts mm-hmm. I just I perform and I think I did that as an athlete my whole life because but what was the purpose I often ask myself like when I did this Hall of Fame thing sometimes I wondered I guess my whole purpose was to make Weaver State look good. honestly what is college sports
2: words to make other people feel good that they can achieve that as well
3: yeah like when my yeah like
2: that's what i would say yeah you you went there maybe well you went there for yourself obviously but
3: yeah they paid for my school though yeah is that the purpose is that why i played college sports because they paid for my education
2: well yeah. It kept you fit?
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It gave other people enjoyment.
3: Yeah, they had to pay. They had to pay a fee to come see us play. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I always sometimes wonder, uh, and even when I was a cyclist for a while, like what, what? I don't think there were when I won a bike race. Who did I help? Was I making a difference in anybody's life? Uh, Well, maybe the cars got off the road and there wasn't as much much (laughs) exhaust because we shut down the highway for a while while we took over the roads. But I often, you know, so I I think about everything I've done and now I think about what I'm doing now. I'm like, wow, I wish I would have had more purpose back in the day when I played sports. I think I did. Obviously, I wouldn't have kept Mm -hmm. doing it if I didn't. I really wanted to win. I really wanted to win. And it was hard to win when you get to it. And so the, so I think honestly, everything we just talked about is kind of why I did it, but I also loved winning. And the beautiful thing about drag and pole dancing is I win every time I get on stage. I win every time I apply to a, mm-hmm. like the venue Sam was talking about, just filling out that application. That's h- probably harder than you have to come up with almost 100% of your piece and your idea and your song. So applying, you may or may not get in, right? But once you get on stage, you, you've won. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> and
2: um, and right. things,
3: yeah.
2: I can see that. When when you're off the stage Yeah. and there's other people on the stage, yeah. can you hardly wait to get up there?
3: That's a good question. Yeah, I... Um, I, you know what I love when I go and I watch my, whatever it is, other performers, I want them to feel the love because, because I feel like, um, yeah, I can't wait to get up there. I get nervous too. I do get nervous and I have to stretch. I have to make sure I don't drink too much because I don't want to, you know, puke. Yes. (laughs) I mean, there's so much that goes into the what I what I do sometimes. That I think I don't truly enjoy the show until I'm done, and then I can sit back and relax. Then I just start giving all my ones back to the other performers because <laughs> I want them to feel the love. <laughs> I saw
1: that. I thought that was fantastic. What you did that at the prom? Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, you were up there giving. Just yeah. yeah, you you just yeah, yeah. So.
2: So are you saying that when you get off, you go
3: Yeah, then I I buy a beer. (laughs) I get a beer.
2: Can I ask a technical question? Sure. It's not a semi-technical question. And I got it today watching Linda. Are you lefty, righty, or ambidextrous?
3: That's a good question. I'm going to show you something. I showed this to Sam the other day, and she was blown away. Because I play tennis, look at my hands. Oh, wow. You can obviously Mm -hmm. see how much bigger my right hand is than my left hand. And so I can grab this pole mm-hmm. and I can just spin around holding my right hand. But I cannot do it with my left because my grip wears out sooner. But um if you think about Billie Jean King, she never used her left hand. She was
2: She was yeah. Exactly. Oh, one. did you did you were double backhanded? I was two. Okay.
3: But um but my volleys were one, so I I had to have a lot of strength, you know. So if you think about I started playing tennis when I was a kid, and I didn't stop till I was in my late 20s. And I play with my kids now, too, sometimes. They're in tennis lessons. It's a big reason why we have a house in St. George, is because of my love for tennis, and we don't have any tennis opportunities in Cedar City. Yeah. No? there's nothing up there. But there's awesome, amazing tennis facilities down here, so. Oh, yeah,
2: there's the one, the yeah. indoor one.
3: There's quite a few, actually. Yes, there's a few, yeah. But, um, so to answer your question, I've had to really be, dis- um, Sam's good at it. She's like, all right, now do it on your left side. I'm like, it's going to look horrible. It's going to look horrible. <laughs>
2: That's what was happening with her today too. Okay, yeah. now you got to do it on your left side.
3: But it's so important because if I just train my right side and I'm performing, um, I never want to get in that situation where I hurt myself, right? Mm-hmm. Just because I can't do... And Sam had a great suggestion. He said, well, in your next routine, in your choreography, make sure you put something that you have to do on your left side. So, because when I rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, it's easy to injure my... You can injure your right side if you don't give it a break. Sure. So...
2: Nikki, do you have any other interests?
3: Well, I have have, have 10-year-olds, twins. Cool. And so... Identical? Boy to girl. Boy to girl, okay. Yep. I guess, and... It's not a secret. I share it with a lot of people. I called my brother up and I said he said I need I need a favor. I don't ask him for favors often, but he buys and sells houses. He's a he was a real estate agent. He goes to auctions and he buys homes and he fixes them up. So, of course, he always thinks, "Oh, okay, you want another house. You're you're moving and you want to buy a house." Oh, okay, okay. But but no, I don't need no, I have a different favor. <laughs> Cuz I'm always asking him about the housing market because he studies that daily, and I said, um, um, will you, can I borrow some of your sperm? <laughs> so yeah, my wife, we um, booked an appointment at our doctor and he, yeah, we, wow, he that's gave wonderful. me the goods. And so my son and my daughter, they, they, you can tell mm-hmm. they have my genetics, oh
2: yeah,
3: and you can tell they have my wife's genetics. So when you say, what are your other interests, I'm really involved in my kid's life. Mm -hmm. And when I started my pole dancing, it was kind of the time they became independent. Like I think I went seven, probably seven years just centering everything around them. Mm -hmm. Everything I did was centered around, if I didn't have time to work out, I didn't have time to work out, my kids were first. But then when I started this and they have their thing going on, it's like, okay, now I have more time on my hands. And so so yeah, fitting in everything I'm doing with pole dancing and drag, and then being able to be there for my kids. And of course I need a paycheck to pay for everything I'm doing. Yeah, that's important. And so so yeah, I I'd have to say my family is kinda any extra So, so you're a busy lot. Any extra time I have I give to my family. But there, I mean now that I'm performing with my daughter and i'm performing with my wife and i cannot talk my son into performing with me yet but he's so strong he climbs like a monkey and he's mm-hmm. he's he's got some amazing moves when he's just goofing off Oh, really? <laughs> okay. but, but maybe someday maybe someday but i'm not going to pressure him but yeah so they have tennis lessons they have parkour they have tumbling drumming singing and so yeah, uh-uh.
2: they, just go, they go to school in cedar
3: they yep yep they go to a charter school and so, so yeah, I guess, does that answer the question? I do have other interests, but I don't have time for some other things that I would probably, I know someday I'll eventually do when my kids, when my kids grow up, right? That's a busy time when they're young. And I really need to take advantage of that, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, you do. Yeah, can. just enjoy it. Yes. They could always grow up too fast. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the piece I'm creating with Sydney, it's actually, I'm preaching to her through our performance. So I don't even think she understands the meaning to this piece we're creating together, but I think she will someday. But it's, um, it's a killer song, On it's called Be Still. It basically is a pep talk to somebody that's innocent and young. And the neat thing is you can connect it to so many people. It's not its not designed for a child.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, even though he did write it with his, he wrote it for his mom because his mom kept telling him all these things that he put in the song. So it was his mom preaching to him and he put it on paper. And so it, it was originally, and I, that's what I do when I pick a song is I do as much research as possible. I want to know... Why? Why, what do these verses mean? The last thing I want to do is do something that that's, uh, has a horrible meaning and I realize <laughs> later, right? Sure. <laughs> who knows, who knows what the verse, what the artist was really trying to say. Cause you know, with poetry, you can interpret it so many different ways, right? And that's what a song is, right? It's a poem. And so the neat thing about this song is it was his mom preaching to him and, and, and preparing him for life. So I'm preaching to Sydney and preparing her for life and we're going to bring it to the stage together. So we'll see, I'm, I'm, I'm in that brainstorm phase. The performance is February 23rd. So I have two months to map everything out and time things. Sure, a little more time. And it gets to the point where even just a word, when that word is said, what shape are we going to create or what shape are we gonna hold for that sentence? So it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes stressful or, or some I I don't know not the word stressful, sometimes it's overwhelming mm-hmm. but once you get it on paper, you'll still kinda fine tune things and and then I love showing it to people. Like, well you you could, you know, even if you just move your leg this way or you do this or you do that or you come down sooner or you do this in between. There's just so many things that uh, that are involved, and so, so yeah. That's where are you performing with your daughter? Uh, we're gonna perform in Centerville, Utah. Kairos Fitness. All the proceeds go to suicide prevention. Oh. And so when I applied when I applied for it, they said we only accept pieces that are a duo or a group because we're not in this life alone. We want to know your theme, we want to know your story, we want to know your song, we want to know your vision. And so I created a almost a two minute clip of my vision of what I'm doing with Sydney. And so yeah, I, and I, I'm thinking about, because it's a small venue mm-hmm. for a really good purpose, Utah is designed more for the U, Utah chapter. Uh, Shay Williamson who owns this whole studio and as an international pole star, Shay Williamson and Sam were actually have been friends forever. It's really a small world, the pole, the pole dance world, once you get to that professional level. They all know each other. Um, but she lost her best friend from high school to suicide. So she's been having the show for five years now. So it's really important to her. We'll see. My my family, I sent them the clip and They all, I didn't make it to my side's Thanksgiving, I went to Jenna's family. I kind of alternate every year, we kind of alternate which family we go to for Thanksgiving. And so um, I said, all right, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Here's a little clip of what Sydney and I have been doing. And they showed it to everybody. So my cousins, my nieces, my nephews, um, they all got to see our application video. Like, when is it? We're all coming, so we'll probably get and there'll probably be 12 people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: wings
3: guards that'll come to.
0: Streets full of people, all alone.
1: Roads full of houses, never home. Well, Nikki, we always ask our last question,
3: and it's, what has inspired you recently? What has inspired me recently? Honest, you know, I was so hesitant to do a public social media account for my journey. I was so hesitant because I am a professor and you never know, Mm -hmm. you just never know. You know, a student, I think students, if students saw me, they would respect me. I don't think they would think anything different. But I was so hesitant to start a social media account but lately um, I've been getting posts. People tag me and say, my inner Billy of the King inspired me to do this. And so to see people do things that they didn't think they could do just because of something I did or something I said mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. I posted, if I'm inspiring others to become a better person and you know, try new things, take risks, have confidence to to also back or or achieve their goals. So I would have to say that's my inspiration right now is that it's not only helped my confidence and given me more uh, meaning in life, besides my family and my kids, having goals is kind of healthy, right? Being able to get lost and take breaks from the world is a good thing for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, it's helping me and it's inspiration for me, but knowing I'm helping others it, it, it's it's kind of really been exciting to see those things even yeah so yeah a, a former student of mine just recently posted something took my first poll class thank you billy the king for inspiring oh. me to do this so even just uh-huh. you doing what you did today mm-hmm. you're you're you know that right there is that makes me so happy that yeah, yeah that that you did your first poll class and it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have met me. That's right.
1: And <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. This has been so fun to come and chat with you a little bit in your lovely home and and your pole is right here yep, in right practice. Right on. behind me. Yeah. So that it's just been such a pleasure to get to know you better. Oh. Thank yes. you so
3: much. Yes. Thank you. I can't wait to yeah, to see to see you at in the future at other things and hear this and and hear other artists stories too yep thanks for doing this for the sake of art (laughs) you're welcome
2: yeah yeah we really appreciate it thank you thank you
3: yes
0: Broadcasting from the Mesquite Works Steam Center in the scenic Mojave Desert. The Artbox sponsors thank you for listening. You can find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We welcome all comments. You can email us at artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.